Hey everybody, welcome to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan. Tonight we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw for October 2nd, 2017. No Raj tonight. Raj was actually at the arena in Denver checking out the show live. Matt, what did you think of tonight's Raw? I think there's a huge pop, and I think there's a trending hashtag as we speak developing called um, a hashtag huge pop for no Raj. on wrestling Inc. podcast tonight guys get that hashtag going huge pop huge pop for no raj (laughs) i know it's so rare so it's like it's like the grown-ups aren't here watching us reining us in um i I know what do we do what can we do here (laughs) you know i was gonna do i was showed up tonight prepared to do an entire hour about just listing off people that would have been a better surprise than callisto in that last segment that was such a fart in church. It oh was my so god! Bad. Just what? Like, really? You build it up that much? Oh, there's a new cruiserweight coming. He's going to challenge Enzo. Mm-hmm. This is going to change everything. And it's the guy that was getting his ass kicked by Elias a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I was hoping. I mean, who else could it have been though? Like, who were you hoping it was for? Um, I mean, so in look, in a perfect world, this was how they bring Austin Aries back, but that wasn't happening. Oh. Um, but that would have been huge. Loved that. I would have killed awesome. for that. Yeah, it would have. Um, they could have brought someone up from NXT. Even if it was Hideo, it would have been like, okay, this is kind of cool. We're, you know, yeah. giving him something. Um, yeah. I would have even taken the joke. I would have even taken James Ellsworth coming out there. Would have been more like, okay, well, this is, <laughs> I'm curious where this is going. It's weird and stupid, but you have my attention. What's weird is I like watching Kalisto work. It's yeah. just, but it was no surprise. He's on the roster. He's always, I mean, he's been out for a while or whatever, but who? Nobody cared. Yeah, it's um, you can't you can't hype it up like that, especially because the WWE one thing that they do pretty well actually is is surprise us now and again, um, especially with debuts. And I think that to have it in that main slot, that last slot of Raw, mm-hmm. um, just what a way to kill the any sort of uh, swerve at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that was unfortunate because all in all. You know, this was this was laying the groundwork, this episode of Raw. We're setting things up now for TLC. We've got, of course, SmackDown has Hell in a Cell coming up this Sunday, but TLC is not far behind it, and that's the last pay-per-view before SummerSlam. Wow. So uh, they started off with the entire roster out there, of course, doing We Stand with Las Vegas, which was a very nice moment, and everyone was quiet. Thank God no idiot yelled something during that. Ugh, I saw some of the clips throughout the day. Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I started crying. I really did. I started bawling for a minute there because of just the fear. Oh, absolutely. You, the, the fear in their voices. You couldn't see everything perfectly clear, obviously. I, and, and for people to be shooting this, oh, my Lord, like, what were you thinking? Yeah. I would have been crapping my pants and, and out of there quicker than anybody. But I, I just, I, I honestly did. I'm not going to lie. I started crying. I just, I, you could feel for those people. You could hear the, just the, like I said, the fear. Yeah. The, the honest to goodness fear in their in their voices, you know, and it, it was so friggin' sad, man. But uh, good on WWE again. Um, and people are like, oh, they take advantage of these horrible things to 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 make a but. No, they don't. They're they're, they're Vince McMahon considers himself like the biggest patriot in the planet, and anything that happens in our country, good or bad, he tries to make sure that WWE has their own acknowledgement of it you know and, and this is no different you know i thought that was a cool way to start off yeah i like that i liked having the entire uh roster out there including vince i thought that was a very nice moment to start with yeah. the audience thank god was respectful because that's, that's the worst part of it matt <laughs> is that vince tries to be super patriot and then some asshole in the crowd yells right. chris benoit or you know some shit like that and it just right. uh, yeah it was good wrestling fans behaving tonight uh for a change so after that uh we opened the show proper um video package recapping bringing things up to speed and then opening the show with braun Strowman versus seth rollins so they teased this last yeah. week this was a knockdown drag out and of course braun uh went over seth but what, what did you think of the match itself and that decision to rebuild braun this way I like it, but not a not at Seth Rollins' expense, especially not at the expense that they're just reforming the Shield. Yeah, what in the hell are they thinking? The whole point of Roman getting beaten down and getting the heat, you know, put on him like the way they did, would have been the Shield to you know reunion would have been way better had they not been totally killed like that and buried. Um, granted, you could say, well, they're two tag team wrestlers. No, they're not. 
Those two are they're tag team champions, but let's be very clear. Those are two main event singles, actually. At least they have been. And they will be again when it's their turn. Um, you know what I mean? Because I know that's the way WWE thinks. They're like, oh, well, a big, strong singles act could always beat you know, a singles tag wrestler and then his partner down the road as well. And we, it's no slack off the tag teams, you know, uh, whatever. And um, as long as they don't lose as a team, that's all that matters. Yes, it does matter. It looked horrible, when, in my opinion. And when they reformed at the end, it just wasn't the same as it could have been. It was still a cool moment at the end, but it wasn't like they're going into the match, just the two dudes that just got jabroned by, uh, you know, Braun. And I'm a huge fan of Braun. I just don't, I think they have done different people. But we do complain that, you know, they don't, they, they, they use these enhancement matches with like nobodies and, you know, why can't they feed Braun this guy or that guy, you know, his little bit more name value. Well, they gave him some huge name value. Oh, yeah. You know, so I just think the timing of it was, wasn't good, you know. I, and Seth did such an amazing job for the record. I would have killed to work him, especially after watching tonight. Because Big Man was Little Man match is one of my favorite stories to tell. And I'm always trying to be inventive on how I would do it. But having a little guy with all those kind of ideas of the bobbing and weaving and up and over the ropes and was awesome and so original. Like, he did so many original David vs. Goliath spots where, you know, swing and miss and, you know, making Braun try to catch him was awesome. Yeah. I mean, and they, they when it made it go on for long enough that I don't think Seth looked bad at all, but just an odd choice, I think. I know they want to rebuild Braun quickly, but mm -hmm. for what? To what end at this yeah. point? Um yeah, I'm curious what they do with him for TLC. So we came out of that, of course, with Braun standing tall. Um, Ambrose came out to the rescue. And then Sheamus and Cesaro came out, uh, keeping keeping that feud going. That's mm -hmm. one thing that was very clear tonight. They're not switching that up anytime soon. Uh, coming back from that, the Susan J. Komen promo. Of course, uh, this month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and WWE is uh, taking part as they always do. Okay, so then uh, backstage, the segment with uh, Mickey James. You know, it's such a stupid joke, but I got to admit, I laughed my ass off uh, the Depends and the Walker in her locker room. I thought that was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't... I mean, I, maybe because I'm the same age, so I don't think of her as oh. that old. I really don't. Well, me too, man. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm six months older than you are. And yeah, I think Mickey is young-ish still. Yeah, you know? yeah. And definitely she can still work that way, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, it was a funny joke. Yeah, so it's good they're keeping that alive. And, I, you know, we'll talk about that match in a minute, but I was really um, impressed with the direction they're going with the storyline and surprised, which is always nice. But uh, we called this last week or the week before, man. So it was Elias versus Titus O'Neil. He's uh, graduating, <laughs> working his way up and through the Titus brand. <laughs> Again, he's in a holding pattern to some degree, I'm assuming. Um and he just is, he's got to still keep he's still got to keep getting over, yeah. and this is where a lot of young guys. I don't want to say yeah I do want to say lose confidence in themselves, um a little bit because where they lose the confidence of the office more importantly, when they get put in these moments like that second that second step or third step on their way to becoming a bona fide star, you know with whatever in between program they're in. Um, it's where they can be made or break. I've noticed over the years, it's always been that way. So he's got to really, really do a lot. Cause he's got to carry a really lame ass. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Titus. Yeah. And, and Titus, I think is entertaining, but I'm just saying as far as the general perception of him, nobody thinks he's ever going to beat nobody, you know? So he, so what's, so, so he's got to go out of his way to really, really carry his end as well. You know, which is a lot to ask for a, a newer come a newcomer, but uh, I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, you know, I, Elias keeps growing on me more and more. I think he's getting more inventive with the music he's doing out there, the way he's insulting the crowds. He, he's starting to get a little more confidence, and I think it's showing. Mm -hmm. um, so we got the promo tonight heavily again for Asuka. They're doing multiple promos. Can you remember the last time they teased uh, a coming soon talent on Raw in multiple segments throughout the night? No, I'm sure someone will correct us, but no. Yeah. Not off the top of my head. They're really building this up, which uh, brings us to the next match. And I got to say, I think I know where they're going with this. Okay, so Nia Jax versus Mickey James mm -hmm. tonight. Uh, Mickey 
did win by DQ. Alexa interfered, but Mickey held her own. I mean, Nia has been this unstoppable force in almost every one-on-one match. They made it seem like Mickey was going to defeat her. And then the <laughs> story uh, beat after that is that she's getting a title shot at TLC. So do you think, which is uh, my suspicion, that it's going to Mickey's going to get the the title at TLC off Alexa, set up the rematch for Oscar at Survivor mm. Series, and that's how mm. Oscar becomes champ. Nice, I like that thinking. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, Mickey doesn't, is passing the torch a bit, you know. For sure, but doesn't Oscar come and debut at a pay per view? At TLC, but that's not going to be a. I mean, he's not going to debut gonna with match. a title match. I mean, no, I'm sure she'll get a match, but it'll probably be just a exhibition Whoever. of her dominance. I gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good, I think that's a pretty good call. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to see that happen. I just, um, again, Mickey's work is so believable. Her punch, everything, punches and kicks is so believable. She, and, and this is the difference between someone who's experienced like Mickey and Naya, who's still, I'm sorry, but cutting her teeth, she's very green still. And, mm-hmm. I used to, it used to happen to me too. I, I, this would happen. I was guilty of this to some degree of being, I guess you would say, green as well. Where I'd be in there with someone like a Benoit or, or, or somebody like Kurt or, or Eddie or someone that was much smaller than me. And, and I, if you physically put me next to them, I would look like I would eat them for breakfast and shit them out the next morning. <laughs> but the thing would be, once the bell would ring, their work was so much more crisp and more believable than me. The punches, their kicks had more snap. And I would expose myself that I was so new if you will. And that's, you have to be very careful when you do that with bigger people, you know? That's why she's just got to stick to basic things, as boring as it may seem, so she doesn't show her ass, so to speak, in her greenness. And Mickey, the, between the two of them, looked like she would whip her ass in a fight, and it shouldn't look like that. You know what I mean? Mickey needs to be look like the underdog, which is the way the match and the story was told, but when, I'm talking as far as physicality goes and punches and kicks and, 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 and believability, Mickey's stuff looked a lot more believable. Yeah, and it looked like Mickey was really trying to sell um, yeah. all of uh, Nia's offense. Oh, yeah. But it makes sense, though, right? I mean, they've invested too much in Nia at this point. They certainly are invested heavily in Alexa, in Bailey, in Sasha. If Asuka is going to have to to take the crown from someone, I think Mickey makes sense as a transitional champion. Yeah. And it'll be, a, if it's Survivor Series, wasn't it? NXT, the same takeover Survivor Series last year, or was Mickey versus Asuka a takeover? I don't know. I know it was takeover. I just didn't know when. Yeah, maybe it was that one. I'm thinking it was that one. I could be wrong. Um, But yeah, I think they'll put on a good match. I thought their match at takeover was pretty good last year. Oh, I uh, love their match at takeover. Yeah. So I think it makes sense. But, you know, uh, Colonel Falco, some of the people in the chat are betting that Asuka will face Emma in her debut. That would not surprise me, given the way that they're keeping Emma alive as a punching bag. Uh, Right. The butt of the jokes from uh, commentary and whatnot. Emma will get some stuff, like she'll get a promo or she'll get something where she's bitching and complaining. And, uh, yeah, she'll get destroyed. Mm. Which is unfortunate. Um, Yeah, she looked good tonight. Yeah. I have to say, I mean. she, she, She looked like a star. They've definitely built her up at the level, but I think that's the reason why is because they can't just have it be, you know, well, that was like saying when they brought Alicia Fox back, it's like, where's Alicia Fox? Been? I know. Um, they, it seems like they just bring her out, you know, when they need someone. I was actually surprised it wasn't her. And uh, it was her and not Dana Brooke tonight. I was happy it was that way, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Alexa defending Naya, which was interesting. And uh, mm-hmm. that... That, that whole match, I enjoyed it. I like the storytelling. I like where it's going. Um, after that, big package uh, about Enzo and everything that happened last mm-hmm. week. I, I'm loving this. I'm digging this story for what it's worth. The entire thing I'm digging. Um, again, still surprised they turned one of the, their big merch movers heel. Uh, you know what I mean? WWE is usually that shallow as far as how they book. Um it's more important that the baby face is so top merch, that kind of thing. And you don't change them, you know, unless you really, really have to. But uh, I don't, I'm starting to wonder if we were all kind of like hoodwinked into this whole Enzo has like, they're, they're trying to punish him because that's how I was starting to read this, you know, not tonight, but in general, when he, when he turned heel and how they just been destroying him, <laughs> I, I thought like, okay, he's being, he's definitely on TV being uh punished if you will but then i was like wait a minute he is right he is in the last segment he's in the closing segment of raw like you don't 
You don't do that to somebody you're punishing, no matter what you do. Even if you go out there and friggin' you had 10 people gang rape the friggin' kid, guess what? <laughs> he's, still, he's still in the last segment. I don't care what happens to him. Um, so there is some, what's the word I'm looking for? Believability. Uh, be, uh, they believe in him still, you know, and, and, and they see that he's a star. And I just don't think as much punishment as I thought it was at first. And then tonight, I, was, I completely erased my doubts on that whatsoever. I just thought, Again, he stood out yet again tonight and hit and did another money promo. Yeah, I really enjoyed that little roast he did at the end, and we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. First, let's take a moment, give some love to the sponsor of this episode, Dollar Shave Club. So you've heard us talk about it before, Matt. I believe you talked about that you use Dollar Shave Club when uh, getting ready for your pose downs and whatnot. You got hair to remove; it works all over the body. My pose downs. Listen to you. It sounds like <laughs> I'm, I'm Lex Luger with his little flexy Lexi thing he would use and pump up before his what, matches. What do you prefer? What's your preferred terminology? men's physique competitions okay. bodybuilding shows uh yeah not that that's not that that's much better but uh, <laughs> uh yeah dude um again i've said this millions of times on this show i think my body my, my back is like a freaking the size of a movie projector screen right so to have to shave that bad boy my wife freaking hates it and uh we used we'd use a women's razors we'd use everything you could think of electric clippers and uh straight edge obviously is what you want to use and uh what's cool about dollar uh dollar shave club is i'm still as we speak i've got like 20 that's how long these last i'm still tw i'm like the new ones i keep getting sent to me keep adding on and piling on to my like big uh amount that i still have so i now have like 20 something of those blades mm. and uh because that's how long they last they, they last longer than they even say they do i'm being honest and uh it's really, really smooth. It's simple to use. You can dry shave really well with this, actually. And you don't have to worry about nicks or cuts or things like that. And, uh, again, it's a, guy's, it's a guy's thing. It's a guy's razor here. It's not – you're not having – like, I had to use the damn women's Venus. You know how embarrassing <laughs> that is? I don't want to use that. And, uh, you know, stealing your wife's razor. Those days are over with. You know, these guys got your, your problem solved. I totally dig it. No, absolutely. With Dollar Shave Club, you get high-quality blades and amazing shave butter delivered right to your door for an incredible smooth shave. You know what's awesome? It's a smarter choice, a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. An awesome life hack, a no-brainer choice. You don't have to schlep to the store to get those cheap disposable razors or, the, or borrow your wife's razor, as Matt was just talking about, or spend a fortune on those gimmicky razors with all that shaving tech you don't need. I'm telling you, I shave a couple times a year, and I use it to clean up my beard. And when I use the DSC Executive Razor with Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, the blade just gently glides. It gives a smooth shave. And we've heard us talk about it before. With the shave butter as opposed to the cream, you can see what you're shaving, which is fantastic if you're trying, if you have any facial hair and you don't want to you know, end up taking the whole thing off. So we've got a deal for you. For a limited time, new members can get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5. And that's with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 and in your first box, you're going to get that awesome weighted handle, a full cassette of four cartridges and a tube of their shave butter. After that, replacement cartridges ship automatically each month at the regular price. And there are no hidden fees, no commitments. Cancel anytime you like. But you can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. And we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, let's talk about tonight the mixed tag team of uh, Matt Hardy and Jason Jordan with Jeff Hardy ringside versus Gallows and Anderson. Is this, is this doing anything for you, Matt, this pairing of Jason and Matt Hardy? Matt looks like he's hurt. Is, is, is it his hip? Is that what everyone always said? I believe so. I mean, just the yeah. years of uh, those spots took their toll. Okay. Um, I apologize for the train going by in the background. Um, it's, uh, he, yeah, it's like you said, dude, it's, it's sometimes – you know, opposites can attract or different looks can, you know, add to a tag team. I just don't think this is one of them. At least not yet. You know, I, I, I don't think, I mean, Jason Jordan is in a sort of a, is in a holding pattern with this for now. Um, and he just needs to keep shining, you know. It doesn't matter what he's being given. He needs to keep shining through. And if they're turning him heel, he's got to keep being put in situations where he's being ultra cheesy and ultra annoying. Yeah, oh, and that's right. Jeff Hardy was not there tonight. I apologize for that. Um, that's why he was there the first time when they did this. Nice. So, yeah, it's uh, – they just look like they picked two guys out of the back with Matt and Jason. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like there's, yeah. but they're not even. It's not even like a golden truth situation where they look so different that it right. kind of works. Right. Um, it's just really, really random. Um, Gals and Anderson got a victory though. Yeah, I was very surprised at that. I was yeah. happy about that, but I was surprised. What do you think they're doing with them? Do you think they have a plan for Gallows and Anderson? I hope so, but uh, you never know. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't think so, no. Hope yeah. so, but don't think so. Oh, man. So uh, after that, Dana Warrior was there tonight and had some breast cancer survivors, which were out in the ring with uh, the women's division. I thought that was a nice moment. Definitely. Um, and they do such a good job with this stuff. They really do. It's, it's Got to give them credit. Yeah, it's 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 and it's amazing that some weeks it seems like they can't put together a TV show to save their I life. know. But they can create these beautiful but they can, moments. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Man. So uh I was going off on this on Twitter tonight, but uh the WWE Intercontinental title match, Roman Reigns versus the Miz. Part of me was bracing myself and I made the declaration that if the Miz raises Roman's hand after the victory or has to come out and give a you're the real A-lister Roman speech, I was gonna be done with Raw altogether. So I'm glad yes. they didn't go that route because doesn't it? Uh, it would have killed them. It's the force aspect of it. Thankfully, they didn't do that. And I like that they had Roman beat down the Miztourage before the match even officially began. Mm-hmm. But what does this mean for the Miztourage? I mean, we got this match. So one-on-one between Roman and the Miz and then interrupted by Sheamus and Cesaro at the end. Dude, this is <laughs> – I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I think they did nothing wrong. Uh, but then again, there's maybe they didn't do anything right either. I, I don't know. Um, I'd feel pretty damn pissed off, though, because that's a payday that they're now not going to get. I'm sure – trust me, I'm sure they're going to be involved in this match. They're going to hit the ring, and, and if maybe if they make this – six-man tag go on a little bit longer, they'll have those two hit the, the Miztourage hit the ring and cause uh, Miz's team to win. Um, and maybe this goes on a little longer. I, I don't know, but they can't. Somebody t- somebody messaged me, because everybody messages me before I do the show, and they try to they just try to offer their ideas up, you know? And someone's like, oh, uh, Miztourage, uh, they should, you know, go and be the new Wyatt family. And I'm like, what? Like, no, not okay. Bo Dallas, I do want in the Wyatt family. Oh, absolutely, I really, I really do, but not not Hennig. No way, it doesn't work. <laughs> Maybe get artist hair, get a gnarly beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of which, man, let's talk about those Bray promos tonight. They they did some different stuff. First, the first promo we saw, he was muttering to himself. I like that. That was mm. creepy. That was different. But then that last one. So Finn came out, called Bray out. Bray did that promo and that overlay. I don't know if that was supposed to be Sister Abigail or what, but it was like, okay, they're getting, they're, they're pushing the boundary in the envelope with this a little bit, making it a little spookier than normal. Isn't Sister Abigail like, like even though she was dead, isn't she like really dead, dead now after Andy Orton like lit everything on fire? I'm assuming it's her spirit or. But uh, he perhaps... killed her spirit. Oh, that's true. To, according to the, the Randy Orton debacle. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll get the story. So, Matt, I know you've given me a hard time about this before. I believe you called me uh, the perfect Mark and not in a good way. But mm-hmm. have you seen that uh, Boom Studios has a WWE comic book that's all in kayfabe? Are we, are we really going to talk about this? Well, uh, the reason I say this is they've gotten into the Bray Wyatt story. I mean, they treat kayfabe as real in this comic book. The first arc was all about Seth Rollins in the hospital, and the reason he had to ambush Roman at the end of Extreme Rules was because Triple H was keeping... Like, they tell complicated backstories in kayfabe of what we don't see on TV. And so... That's a cool premise. Yeah. You know, where where do you buy this stuff at? Uh, I get it online. I get it digitally. Um, The art... I gotta say, the artwork... So, Rob Schamberger, Schramberger, whatever, who does this stuff, the artwork in the comic book blows his stuff away. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like oh. I would, if I ever wanted to get a print or something nice signed by a superstar, it would be, this. it would be something from the comic book. But the reason that we talk about this and the reason I bring this up, not to, you know, incriminate myself as this WWE super fan, but the fact that you're asking stories here that I think it is important that they have, even if it's a very niche storytelling medium to elaborate on, because you're right. And they do these things like they have Randy burn down the shack and it just makes no sense. You know, then Sister Abigail's back. I thought her spirit was destroyed. So part of what I think is actually cool about the comic book is it it makes Bray seem creepy because they're really, 
you know, they have him in the compound with uh, all his disciples and whatnot. So I don't know, I'm only a couple issues in, um, I'm almost caught up to it, but I think that that's the perfect medium for Bray to flesh out this story. Okay. You know, but tonight that was creepy. I wish they would have gone further with it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That was really good. Yeah, it got my attention. But that being said, if Bray called Finn out for um, this last pay-per-view for No Mercy is saying, oh, you can't do it in makeup, kind of weird that we're going to have the third go-around demon and then Bray, maybe you'll do something different or special for his uh, look. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. You know, I'm all about the demon. Yeah. As long as he doesn't lose the demon. It's happened before, but uh, I think they really need to protect that. Um, speaking of which, what do you think about the chatter? I'm seeing a lot of concern online about them actually going forward with Finn and Brock and it just being yeah. another way to make Brock seem untouchable before uh, we get Roman's coronation at WrestleMania next year. I don't think Brock beating Finn Balor does anything for Brock. Oh, yeah, not at all. It, hurts, it hurts Finn. And it kills Finn. Yeah. Now, not because not because losing a Brock can do that to you, but because Finn is still in a very delicate phase, in my opinion, where he still needs to keep getting wins. I know not all wins always matter because it is a scripted business that the rest of the world knows, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, but at the same time, you still got to keep him looking strong and get back to that level that I feel that he kind of dropped down off of from when he got hurt. Yeah. You know, he came in with so much promise and fanfare because of his work in nxt and across the world for that matter we were all excited to see it and he delivered in his first night out even though he got hurt that match with seth i still go back and watch from time to time it was so damn good it was amazing right and um and finn still puts on great matches there's just something about it that i don't think i don't know i don't know if the fans see him as a main event main event act i do i just don't think the, the casual fan that you know is in there with their with their kids other than maybe one, let's say that's family of four. Maybe one of the kids in that four think that. Yeah. Where I think all four should be by now. And then, I don't know. I think a lot of that has to do with his opponents as well. And then putting these guys in his holding patterns. It's okay. You have to do that. As long as you're on TV each week, that is good. But there's other things they could be doing. And tonight was a good example of that, actually, in my opinion, of stretching this along, but doing it in a creative way. You know, there's nothing wrong with just doing promos. We, how much have we said how much we would love for that in the tag division? Oh, yeah. Where, right? Where they, keep, where they don't keep doing this stupid diagonal crisscross crap, you know, with single <laughs> matches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, I thought the promos were good tonight. And, you know, tonight what it seemed like for the first time was they were bringing Bray up to Finn's level um, with mm. making it extra creepy. I, You know, let's hope, man. Let's hope uh, they do something good for this. Because if, it's, if we're getting a third go-round, it sure as hell better be something. It better be worthwhile. And... um they're kind of in a pickle because Finn's won the first two, right? Yeah. So, as the demon and not as the demon. Okay, so it's almost like he has to lose here. And mm. you know you know what? I just thought of something. Here's basic psychology in wrestling. Is that look at it this way. They're des- they know they can't do the demon every night. So it's more important that they book normal Finn, you know, with wins and looking better and whatever have you, uh, of the perception that normal Finn Balor, Balor Club Finn Balor, is better than, the, you know, the demon. Hmm. And if they have him lose as the demon, I think that's a step in that direction as far as, yeah, the demon thing is cool, looks great, but Finn without that face pain is just, a, you know, is just as cool as maybe even better because he wins more. I don't know what it is, but psychology-wise, that's how I would write for it because if, if they, I'm saying if they don't want to do the demon thing week after week. Yeah. Although, man, something about that is just, I still think, so money with the audience. I mean, kids, I, makeup. I want to see it every week. Yeah. Uh, personally. I just don't think, the, for some reason, WWE doesn't. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe, you know what? Maybe it's Gold Dust. Maybe that's why they associate it with that, you know, and Gold Dust and Stardust and makeup just as a gimmick. What? Yeah. I, I mean, know. maybe. I don't know. The history of <laughs> characters with makeup, I mean, he got Ultimate Warrior, he got Sting. You know, maybe there's uh, some bias there. I don't know. Um, let's talk about the women's tag match. So Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Emma and Alicia Fox. This match felt like it went on forever. It did. And I thought the, the ending of it with uh, what's her name leaving the apron was very lazy booking. Yeah. Oh, with Emma just walking out. Yeah. I mean, people are like, oh, that fits her character and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'd still think it's lazy booking. Um 
But uh, you know, what's happening with Bailey and Sasha though? Isn't aren't they trying to aren't they trying to like a slowly slow burn storyline with <laughs> them? Since uh, yeah, pretty much since uh, Bailey's main roster debut, it seems like that's been. <laughs> So is that not a thing? Am I just imagining this? They've teased it before. I mean, especially at house shows, they've teased it. But I don't think we've got anything concrete. The closest thing we had was the arguing over, you know, whose rightful place it is next to challenge or uh, Bailey apologizing for, you know, you do what you have to do, that sort of thing. I don't know. It's right. <laughs> pretty weak. But maybe with when Asuka arrives, I don't know. I keep hoping we're going to get more women's segment each week and more parallel women's storylines. I think that's one that would be great to tell, especially if Oscar's going to have a long run with that title. We're going to have to do something, you know. I think the Cruiserweight is a good example that they can do that. Yeah. That they can find time if something's hot enough. What a great example for the, for the roster to watch, by the way, of what's going on with the Cruiserweights and how they're being treated. If you, listen, you could be put in any segment, you could still get yourself over. Yeah. You know, and, and we'll get into it to zoe's credit he does it all the time man yeah so uh yeah i just want to ask you about this so given that that match was so long tonight how often because it just makes me think this i mean did something else drop out tonight did they need to go long i mean did you ever find that when you were in the wwe that you would just get before you went on so like hey you guys stretch this out an extra oh, segment bro all the time our survivor series match my very first pay-per-view debut i was crapping my pants because they took four minutes out and i'm thinking where are we going to take that out we have this huge go back and watch this survivor series 03 guys uh, team lesnar versus team angle you'll see what i'm talking about at the very finish of that match we had some really sweet layered bang 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 everybody hit their finish on one another but we did it so in such a creative way it was awesome and the fans we got we got we got a huge reaction from it but it was supposed to be even more intricate and even cooler as for this domino effect of everyone, bam, hitting each other with their stuff. It wasn't just doom, boom, boom, but move, yeah. move, move. It was a lot of dips in there as well. It was really, really well done. And um, we had to take out, like, as we were walking out, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I think it was like, uh, we're taking three minutes out. And I'm like, well, where are we taking it out at? You know, usually the heels usually assume the responsibility of taking most of it out of the heat. At least I used to do that. I yeah. used to take the majority of the, the time. The TNA, that happened all the time. I'd go out there and they're like, you know, you, you got, you're down to five minutes. I'm like, well, this is 12 minutes with entrances. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's a minute of each entrance usually, 30 seconds to a minute with each entrance. Um, so you speed up through your entrance to get to the ring to cut some time, to get some time back in the match, right? And now you just got cut five minutes. So if I was a heel, I would usually take a majority – of my heat out yeah. and because uh, my job is to get that baby face over. Even if I, you know, even if I'm supposed to, usually, even if I'm supposed to win, I still want to get my baby face, that reaction, the, the pop, you know, the pop that they get, the shine in the beginning and then the yeah. comeback at the end. So maybe I take, I would take some um, hope spots out of there as well because the time has been cut. So there may not need to be as much hope spots as I had re previous planned because 12 minutes down to five minutes, you know, you really got to get into it. And sometimes there was one time at TNA where I was down, we were cut to three minutes. Wow. And I was like, what? Like, how do we even have a match? And I was like, on the way to the ring, I, I, I'm thinking, I know how to really do this. I'm cutting the baby face off immediately and just mauling them and then giving them his comeback at the end. So what do you do when it's the reverse situation where it's like, guys, we got to fill. Go an extra couple minutes. <laughs> I wish. I've never been in that predicament. Really? I wish wow. I was. Wow. But you do what you do in that moment is um, because you can't just start, you can't talk to each other out there, in my opinion, and just start being able to layer all these cool false finishes unplanned. You know, yeah. that's my opinion. Maybe my level wasn't high enough to do that. Maybe somebody like Lance Storm or somebody like could do that. I don't know. But um, what I would do is you go to, I hate to say, it, maybe go to some holds for a little bit, you know, a little bit more than you would have normally. I never went to holds, but uh, now I would start <laughs> if I had extra yeah. time. Um, you know, screwing around, taking my time a little bit more than I would, screw with the fans a little bit, mm, being a heel. You know, different yeah. things to eat up time. I think that makes sense. Um, yeah, tonight, man, that, with the women's match, they felt like commentary almost needed the time to get in everything they were trying to build up there uh, with what they wanted to talk about during that match. It was interesting. One time, that did happen to me, actually. Really? And what I did is I asked on the way, can I talk? Can I get the mic? It was me versus Hernandez. And they said, yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God. So Hernandez is like, dude, talk as long as you need to, please. <laughs> and uh, 
we we did. We we were supposed to have like a eight and a half minute TV match, and we ended up having. I forget where we were. We were touring at the time with Impact, and Impact was doing really well. And I think we ended up getting like twelve and a half to thirteen minutes. So you know, four minutes is a lot. You oh, know? Yeah. So he's like, dude, just keep talking because <laughs> we can just do five minutes if you really think about it. You know? And uh, I was like, no, dude, we we, we got to give you know we got to give these people what they paid to see. You can't just cut your stuff up. Come on. Yeah. Um, but I'd eat up time on the mic is basically what I'm saying. That makes sense. Uh, so the uh, quote-unquote main event, the closing segment tonight, was Enzo roasting the cruiserweights, just going one by one out there, cutting a hell of a promo, and then ripping on each of them. Good. You're spoiled at the beginning. They bring out someone who can't attack him because of all the different clauses that he can't be attacked, he can't be touched. And who is it? It's Callisto. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reaction. Oh, yeah. Uh, such a good promo before that. I mean, anyone, anyone else. And you looked out of shape, by the way. <sighs> and I love me some Callisto. I know maybe, maybe people don't. I don't care. I do. And I, did, and I didn't like this even, you know? I just didn't. Uh, I don't know. You had a good call with Austin Aries. That would have been, been really badass Huge. to bring you know, a double back to this. Yeah, set the match for uh, and, and he could talk. Oh, I, I, hate, I hate to break it to Enzo. As good as he is, I assure you, Austin can handle himself in that ring on the mic with him. That would have been huge. Um, mm -hmm. But nope, Callisto. I'm wondering if it happens on 205 Live sooner rather than later. What, the rematch with Callisto? Well, well yeah, just the, the title match with Callisto. Technically, he's the only person in the cruiserweights that can get a title shot with Enzo. <laughs> That's brutal. Oh, you know, I can, yeah. I, I can also see Davari's brother oh. getting, a, getting a pass because he kind of, you know, helped him last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it was on, uh, I think it was on the, the, the Cruiserweight show. 205 I saw, right? Live, 205 which I watched Live. last week because I'm Same invested here. in the story. Same here, bro. Yeah. I swear to God. I, I will yeah. admit, fast forward to the majority of it to get to Enzo stuff. Totally. You know, but uh, Davari's brother kind of shined a little bit there, I thought. And uh, Neville did a great job stalking the crap out of him and looking menacing as hell for, for a little midget, dude. He, he, he's, he, if looks could kill, you know, he's got that down packed when he kept sliding out of the ring and beaming a hole through him, you know, and then Tavares' brother would come behind and jump him, you know. There's really good, good heat in that match. I just, you know, so Tavares' brother I could see as them have them form in this pack and then it, he didn't drop the whole thing with, you know, you know, you're my boy, you know, you're my boy. I don't need no contact with you. You ain't going to tell me we're a team kind of, I don't know. <laughs> they got to find creative ways to get out of this. Cause other, other, you know what it'll probably be, it'll be a universal decision kind of thing where Kurt's like, you know, we need to put on a show and uh, you know, or, or Enzo breaks some sort of law or rule yeah. that, you know, backfires. And then, you know, maybe it's, what's his name? Neville that sets it up even. Mm. You know, whether there's some sort of clause that Zoe didn't see or didn't know about and he screws up and it, it basically the clause states that everyone gets to whip his ass whenever they want or, you know, or you fight for the title whenever. Yeah, they bring out a big WWE rule book. They're flipping through it. Nothing in here says, you know, it'd be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, with Callisto, I don't think Callisto is winning that belt off Enzo. I think that would be that would be. The most pointless exercise in all of this yeah it would it would yeah but keep bringing us new cruiserweights i think that actually would make it interesting let's keep this as filler for now keep it cooking and then uh bring in bring in a real name to win it off enzo if it can't be one of the current guys what sucks what sucks dude is that like these other guys got a lot of had a lot of opportunity now Oh, to, yeah. to, to, to portray their character. At first, I used to be like, oh, they're not getting enough time backstage in their promos. We don't know who they are. I'm sorry, guys. You have an entire show around you where they're giving you interview time, tons of match time. The match time, that's your time to get your character over. Just because you, but they're so stuck on moves sometimes, they forget their, 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 their character. Swan does a great job with this character. We know mm -hmm. what he's about. You know, granted, he's stuck in the 80s, you know, doing a <laughs> modern-day Coco Beware, but I'll digress. Um, but with better music, you know. <laughs> you think so? You like his music? No, I don't like it, but it gets stuck in my head about once a month, and I'm like, why? What is the song? And then I have to go and listen to it. Um, it's it's what I like. One. Ernest the Cat Miller's music. Somebody tell my mom was it? Somebody call my mama. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, so 
Yeah, you know, and the other thing about 205 Live that, and I actually dug this about watching 205 Live. Uh, I really watched it for the first time in a long time when the Fashion Police were on a few weeks ago. Tell me what you think oh, of this. Shoot, I missed it. Damn it, oh, they were on it. Yeah, they interview uh, interrupted uh, Drew Gulak's PowerPoint presentation. And <laughs> it was See, very I funny. I would have watched that actually. Shit. When I was watching that, it made very clear to me. No, since very few people are watching 205 Live, I don't think the WWE is paying attention at all. I think it's just letting them do whatever they want on that show because it, I think it is a real chance for these guys to shine and take chances because I don't think Vince is paying attention to it. Well, they can't just let him go out in free-for-all, obviously. No, no, know? no. But, I mean, look, Drew Gulak has been giving a multi-point PowerPoint presentation for weeks on that show. You're right. So if you can experiment, experiment. Really push the boundaries. Yeah. You know. And a lot of that comes down to the guys stepping up, going to Vince's office and doing it. The problem is, I think these guys are so stuck on the perception they've read about online as fans. Like, as a fan, I went online way many, you know, many years before I became a wrestler. I think it was called, like, Pro Wrestling. Maybe it was just Wrestling.com or Pro Wrestling.com or it was a basic web page like that. And it was one of the first ones. Um, there was a RajaWWF.com, I think, as well. Hmm. I, 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 these are the ones I remember going to as a fan, as a huge fan. Uh, and uh, but, so I think all of us have done that as, fan, as fans at some point before, many years before we became wrestlers. And I think the, you know, they've always read over the years that Vince isn't, isn't really into cruiserweights. He's into the big guys and this and that. And so I think there's a lot of stigma that these guys are stuck in now where they're scared to go talk to him or something to that degree. That's the only thing I can think of because – you guys, when you get an opportunity to have your own show to feature you, this is the opportunity. Even if it's not Vince's idea and it's Hunter's idea, it doesn't matter. This is the opportunity to you, – he has the attention. You have his attention at this point. It's a brand-new show, so trust me that you do have Vince's attention. That's your chance to kick his door open. He wants people to come in, in his office all the time and challenge him. He really does. And I think the cruiserweights are stuck in that stigma of, well, he hates us. He doesn't like us. He's not going to watch us. He's not going to care about us. Make him care about you. Try it. What do you have to lose? Otherwise, you're just going to be fired and let go six months to a year anyway, and you'll be kicking yourself for not doing this. So any of you that are watching this, don't let that happen, man. Kick that door in, and I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke. I really mean it. My stuttering character was god-awful. I hated, you know, I didn't, I didn't like the idea, but the one thing I did have was a constant interaction with Vince every single week, multiple mm. times, about the persona, and more importantly, my performance. I was still improving in the ring at the time. So I'd come back through the curtain, Snitsky used to do this too. I used to I used to hear it on Raw as well. And I come to the curtain and I go, you know, get his opinion real quick before we talk afterwards. And he you know, give me thumbs up and thumbs down. And uh, beforehand, he'd be in all my pre-tapes because I made him. It was his idea and his baby, so he was definitely invested in it. But I'd ask him so many different things, so many questions that he'd be on the opposite side of the camera more times than not on my backstage pre-tapes. I made him invest in it a little bit more. You know, it was just unfortunately not the right gimmick. For, is there, is there, was a great, the right gimmick for the wrong guy. That's the truth. I feel like if they read stuff about Vince, it's this idea of, you know, the, the legend of Vince McMahon and what they take right. away from that is that they're afraid of him. But they don't. Why don't they read the things like Jericho having to tell Kofi, if you don't get in his face and challenge him yeah. to a fight, he's never going to respect you, you know? Um, I, because you get in that spot, man, and it's do I jump, do I not? You know, and your heart's racing. I swear to you. Um, I've had this happen. I had the same type of thing on a much different level with, with one of the veterans there whose ass I wanted to stomp right into the ground, um, you know, because they, they never really would mess with me, but one of them was trying to mentally screw with me, if you will, mm. and I just wanted to, I wanted to kill him and pulverize him and just get it over with and tell him to come to the parking lot and fight me. Nobody has to watch. You know what I mean? Nothing to lose here. Come on. And uh, it... <sighs> I wanted to do it so bad. I was on the fence. Do I, do I not? Do I not? Looking back, I wish I did. You know, but uh, it's the same kind of thing for these guys. They're on that fence of, do I do it? Do I not? Do I? Do I not? And um, just do it. You, you, you'll be so disappointed in yourselves if you don't, guys, because this is your career here, you know? And the thing with Kofi, would do just even Jericho. Jericho was, a, was considered a cruiserweight. Granted, he had a huge fanfare, much different story. I get that when he came in. But he still was considered undersized. So it was Ben Wasso. It was all these guys. You've got to keep a dialogue with Vince. Everyone says it is the truth. And it's not hard. It's not. He's not I don't understand why people are intimidated by him. He's not going to like beat you up. Like, what's going to happen? 
What a story. Look in this day and age. Could you imagine if the story was you got fired from the WWE because you just like smacked Vince McMahon in the face? You'd be you know? super you'd be super over where you were. Oh though. my god, New Japan, just Ring of Honor. You could just name your price for indie books. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's not nothing much crazier or tougher than that. Yeah, seriously. I'm just saying. Uh so we got a ton of questions from people here and they want to know about your Hell in a Cell predictions that is coming up this Sunday on the WWE network. The big one that people are asking, man, is do you think uh how do you think the Shane versus KO match is gonna go? Okay, well I don't know. I, I don't know enough to know how long the story's gonna go. Do you see what I'm saying? If the yeah. story's gonna go on, well obviously Shane has to lose. Shane can never win. Hmm. Shane can never win any of these matches, in my opinion. Yeah. He's not a wrestler. Now, if he was the heel and KO was the fit and, and KO was the face, you know, I could see, you know, the heat that Shane would get being a non-wrestler and somehow like Vince versus Stone Cold and somehow slip, you know, Stone Cold slipping on a banana peel and Vince, you know, tripping on his chest and covering him for three seconds. Like that draws heat, but that's not what this is. Shane's the baby face. He can't win. He cannot beat any of these, these wrestlers, in my opinion. It, it totally devalues these guys. Yeah, but it's going to be an exciting match, though. It's going to be a crazy good match. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And people in the uh, in the chat room have predicted it. You know, Shane's going to get a great spot jumping off the right. set. And KO's going to win. Yep, and KO's very inventive. So I think it's going to be... Like, versus Taker, he did the crazy bump off the top. I think with this, because, you know, Taker was toward the end of his career there, right? With that yeah. match. Dead toward the end of his tailor. It's just, you know, banged up, screwed up, hip surgeries, things like that. So there's only so much he could do, right? With KO, he's very he's very inventive, very creative. And I think he's going to have Shane do a couple cool things, in my opinion. A couple of exciting things. But again, you don't watch these for just the moves. That, but then, let's be honest, there's part of us that do. Yeah, oh. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know what I mean? Back when I was a wrestler, I'd be like, oh, dude, great. So the guy comes in and does one huge move at the top, you know, basically steals the audience for the night with yeah. the huge pop that they gave. And they're never going to pop like that again for the rest of the night if I've still got to wrestle, you know? And, uh, but I'm not lying. There's, the fan in me is interested to see what he does, even if it's just one move, you know? It's honest. Yeah, it's interesting that that's the Hell in a Cell match. Uh, the, the paired with what? Dude, how much more heated could one? Is, oh, what's the, what was more heated? Absolutely no. I mean, it's just it's interesting that he you know headline. I mean, yeah, I know it was great. It's been a great buildup. I'm curious where it goes after this. I mean, is it going to be Shane shaking Kevin's hand? You won my respect. I don't think they're going to kiss and make up like he did with AJ. You know, me either. Yeah. So that's a I mean, point. yeah, KO might be going back to Raw. I think that's the only uh, logical oh. conclusion to this. But who knows? Wow. We could be surprised. Um, the other cell match is the New Day versus the Usos um, with the New Day putting their titles on the line. So it's a tag team championship match, but in a cell this time. Um, Babyface is usually going to come out on top. So I'm going to say New Day comes out. Yeah, maybe they get a new opponent and a new feud after this, although the Usos have been great. But I think each of them could sustain their own feud. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'd love to see the Usos win. I just don't think they will, you know? Yeah. They ping-ponged that belt, belt back and forth, man. It could happen again. Um, but at what point does it become irrelevant? Uh, okay, so Chinder with the Singh Brothers versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship. What do you mean with the Singh Brothers? It's three-on-one? Well, no, but Jinder is going to have the Singh Brothers. The company. Okay, yeah, sorry. Company. Um this may be the time Nakamura wins with the title. Don't you think? I think a Nakamura promo sounds downright pleasant compared to how uncomfortable these gender promos have gotten. <laughs> the fans say it uncomfortable, right? Oh my God, that's too far. Oh, no, you I went mean, too far. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, I think this is where Nakamura wins. Yeah. And maybe we get a silent champ for a while. Maybe Nakamura just comes out, you know. He's charming just with a smile alone. I, I still want my boy to be the champion, but I, I just think it's it's the move, you know, just to give Nakamura a legitimate, bona fide chance at the top. And nobody can say WWE didn't try anything. If they put the title on him, and yes, it's important to how you book him after. It absolutely is. But there is, a, there is that lack of, you know, he doesn't speak English. I've said it from day one. You've got to be able to speak English to... to 
even with the British wrestlers, I've said that. Remember, some of them had like really like 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 um, uh, the guy from Scotland, uh, with Drew McIntyre. Yeah, his accent is so strong, and it's and it and it's a shame because he has a lot of passion behind him when he cuts his babyface promos. And to me, as a fan, it get, a lot of it gets lost in translation with that thick accent. Now I keep thinking, wait, what did he say? I didn't hear that clearly, you know. And so now you have Nakamura, who's just who knows what the hell he's saying half the time. Yeah. You know, and um, I just, I don't know what, I don't know why these guys don't, this might sound silly, but like, why are they not taking like ESL out the yin yang? Like, why are they not doing everything possible to study English and, and try to, you know, improve their um, accent, if you will, of our, while speaking our language? When he was on um, Talking Smack, was it? Or there was some backstage interview. Where and everyone thought he did good. He was more relaxed and he sounded, his accent wasn't as there. I, I remember it going, I still think he's, I still think he's incredibly. His accent's still incredibly there. I don't necessarily understand. Oh, it's still there. Saying. But Matt, Matt, um, do you speak any foreign languages? Uh, como, como se dice? <laughs> I'm making okay, stuff well, up. I, I do not. I failed. I'm making those, stuff up. I've uh, retained zero of the French and Spanish that I took. But here's my thought about it: is that it would be easier to piece together things in your own words than to remember, perhaps even phonetically, a line that was given to you. Um, that's the only explanation that I could have for for why he he flows better when he's just speaking off the top of his head. That's my. I don't want him at the top. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I he love Nakamura. Yeah, love Nakamura. I just, man, I don't know. I just think I, I still as a fan. I'm so grateful, by the way, that I'm still able to watch this as a fan after all these years. But I still am able to put that hat on and watch it as a fan. And as a fan, I still have that separation. Still, that's not the bridge is not you know. That, that gap has not been bridged, if you will, for me yet. And he yeah. needs to. He needs to improve upon his, his, his English. Um, or guess what? Just don't ever have him talk. And have, and have somebody maybe. But you can't do that as a baby face. Hmm. It doesn't work. You can't have a manager do your talking, really. Yeah. Unless you're like a big jacked up dude. Then it's different. But yeah. his charisma, his personality comes through without him talking English. So there's, maybe there's something, I don't know. I agree with that. To that. So Natalia is defending the women's championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte. Do you think this is Charlotte's night? Um, not yet. I think the next go around, yes. I think yeah. there'll be a next go around after this, and I think that's when it happens. Okay, I'd love uh, to see Charlotte win it. Oh, I think it's inevitable. Um, the question is just when's Carmella going to cash in? It could, that they can. You know what's crazy about that? That is so by they they so book that usually um, by the seat of their pants when somebody cashes it in like I would say seven out of ten times it's wouldn't this be a good somebody so someone in the room would just go wouldn't this be a great time for Del Rio to cash in now or wouldn't this be a great time for D Dolph to cash in now MSG you know that's literally how it works more, more times than not now other times like when Ken Anderson I remember Ken Kennedy won the thing he had a whole you know, planned out six months to a year's worth of storyline. I remember him telling me, you know, after he would have uh, cashed in and won the you know, won the title. You know, it's just a shame he got injured, but um, you know, so sometimes it's like that. Yeah, um, AJ Styles defending the U.S. Championship against Baron Corbin. Hey, does this cut my eyes off when I'm talking like this? Oh, does it? Let me see. Uh... Yes, that that does. Fans, I apologize because I'm watching myself on the big screen on my phone. Oh, no, on the big screen, you're fine. I, no, now it's fine there. But when I go to this one, it was like uh, it was like the Rolling Stone logo, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> just lips in a, you know, in a, just a mouth there. Anonymous um, Tinder profile. Like, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to my fans that don't want to see that. Um, geez Louise, I'm horrible. I, I, I apologize. Um Ask your question again. I didn't hear. Uh, so uh, your boy Skullet versus AJ Styles <laughs> for the championship. Skinny fat. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I'm so. I'm not the right one to ask about him because I. I think I am so. I, I'm all about young talent and new talent. I am, but I just. He cannot beat AJ. You cannot have this kid beating AJ Styles. I'm just sorry. It's not, it's not, it's not there yet. You know, it, and AJ's in a holding pattern, you know, he's still having amazing matches night after night. I need to get his ass back up in the main event where it belongs. 
that Nakamura match is going to make the place explode when they decide to pull that trigger. That'd be a cool Mania match if they do it the right way. Yeah. Nakamura AJ, if they oh, do it the right way, take their God. time. Yeah, that's... I think that's what a lot of us are just waiting for at this point. Pull SmackDown yeah. out of its funk. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, dude, I don't know what your thoughts have been about the Ziggler thing, but I got to say by him not coming out last week ahead of time and just doing the Undertaker thing, he got me for a second. With, with <laughs> rolling. Finally. Because he didn't come yeah. out there ahead of time and announce he was going to do that, you know? I mean, I, again, I don't necessarily, yeah. I don't necessarily think it, it's trying to trick people. It's, it's just all, you know, you know what it is. It's all about yeah. him. Trying desperately trying to blame the fans for, and I partially, you know, Dolph kind of had a cool entrance at one point. He had a pretty, you know, enter, yeah, I don't know if it's entertaining the word. I would never be entertained by an entrance other than Undertaker's um, and the Demons. I love his entrance. Kane's I used to love too. Hmm. Um, but uh, it's just, I don't know, man. It, what do you think? Well, Rude's winning this match. I mean, for sure. Match-wise, oh, let's be very clear. Yeah. How many times have I said I would pay money to see when, – when Bobby Rude was still with Impact, I said – everyone said this, but I swear to God, I was one of the first. I swear to God, when I was, at, when I was, still, and when I was still with TNA, that Bobby versus um, uh, Dolph Ziggler, I would pay top dollar to watch because they both are bumping, feeding heels, um, meaning – they're bumping feeding heels. Watch Billy Gunn for an example. He's the best bumping feeder in the business I've ever seen in my life. And the dude was six five and two eighty. It's <laughs> incredible, incredible speed um, and, and, and endurance. But same with these two. But they, they're just such good workers. Like they're at a whole different level. And this is the perfect foil and opponent for Dolph, bragging about always you know being the best in between the ropes and no one could touch him. Bobby Roode sure could. And it's gonna be. And they're both like identical, like mirror images of each other. You know, as far as they never mess up, everything they do is spot on and perfectly crisp. Dolph's a little got a little bit more athleticism to him with a drop kick and things like that. But Bobby, in my opinion, can work submissions, um, work a hold a little bit better, work a little bit better ring psychology to some degree. Um, I would like to see this flipped around in the perfect world. I'd like to see Dolph be the face and Bobby be the heel because that's the best, my opinion. That was my favorite Bobby Roode. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Uh, Rude is as a face. I just it's, it's weird seeing him smile, isn't it? Yeah, like like coming out all, you know. Because it's like smug. To me, it always comes across as smug, but that was that's great about him. I mean, I love that about him. But yeah, it's yeah. not it's not as a baby face. Um, and then what'll probably be the opening match. This match is by the way, my prediction yeah. is this match steals the show and then some, and that's including that chain bump. And that's for Hell in a Cell. Wow, that's a bold prediction, but it you know really what? is. It's I a non Hell in a Cell match. They're gonna steal it. Um, and then Randy Orton versus Rusev. I couldn't care any less, but good on Randy for trying to get another, you know, um, can't really call Rusev that young, right? But uh, non-main eventer, you know, up yeah. to his level. I, I appreciate that. No, definitely. Um, and we're going to be here Sunday night right after Hell in a Cell ends on the East Coast to cover it all. Me, Matt, and Raj talking about it. Is Matt it this Sunday? Much. It's this Sunday. You good this Sunday or you got something? Sweet. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. Awesome. Um, so quickly, someone's asking the question. I don't know if we've talked about this with you on the podcast, Matt, but um, got to say, they're asking, what do we think about the idea of sending Finn to 205 Live? No way. Hell no. <laughs> Absolutely out of the question. No. No, 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 no. It will make 205 incredible. Okay, sure. If that's your goal, then great. But I'm sorry. Uh, call me selfish. Finn Balor is bigger than 205 Live. Yeah. Like having a sorry, I'm getting, it's getting dark. Uh, having um, a bona fide main eventer and your future, a future WrestleMania main eventer, thrown into that and maybe never return from it. No, it's like the abyss. No, Angel's making it work because he's incredible on the mic and he can get over anywhere, anytime, just with his mouth. Um, Finn, not as much. You know, he's good, but he's not on that level. Yeah, that Chris Jericho level of no matter what, I, he can always get his steam back. You know. I mean, I said a few weeks ago after the fashion police thing, I could see them sending all the internet favorite guys, the fashion police, Sami Zayn, a bunch of those guys at 205 Live. But I think that will be the last, you know, death throes of 205 Live right before they pull the plug to try and make it, you know, essentially the network's version of the ECW revival or something. Good call. Um, the other, man, that's, I would go, let me go back to that. You know what I'm saying? I may, maybe I have a heart attack with that one. Finn Balor going to 205. No, absolutely out of the question. I would drive to Stanford, Connecticut myself and kick their damn door down. Um, the other thing I was going to say about this was I, I think 
I think the girls' match is going to be is going to surprise a lot of people as well. It's not going to be better than obviously the, uh, you know, the main stuff. Obviously, you know, uh, uh, Shane versus uh, KO or something like that. But I think it's going to be really, really good. The girls have quietly been putting on really good matches on SmackDown. Um, my opinion, at least the ones I've been watching. Yeah. No, I mean, and God, they put all of the women in the same match so much, so much at the time that, uh, man, what I just want two or three, two, just give me two parallel women's storylines on SmackDown. I feel like they don't know how to do uh, more than one story a week on that show. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, man. So before we take it home here tonight, Matt, anything you want to plug? You got a lot going on. Yes. I have been campaigning my tail off on Friday, Saturdays and Sundays, basically. All day, all night. This Sunday, I won't because I'll be doing the pay-per-view podcast, obviously, with you guys and watching the show. But, uh, oh, my God. Let me tell you how tiring that is. It is so tiring, but it's, it's worth it, you know? I could pay people to go out and do that on my behalf and pay for neighborhoods. I just think it's, I think it's super phony. And I think if you're going to beat the incumbent, you need to, these people need to hear from me in person and, know, and hear my ideas from me not from people I'm paying to represent me and probably don't even care about me. They're just doing it for 10 bucks an hour, you know? And, uh, but uh, as far as plugs go, definitely, guys, if you could continue to help me out uh, my campaign, um, we've got these absentee ballots coming out. And oh, those nice. can make or break an election. Uh, my opponent basically won uh, the election last time coming from behind because he, uh, he won the, the, the absentee ballot race, basically, if you will. So I need, you know, guys help with the campaign as far as if you can donate. Any amount helps, guys, seriously. Raj and both you, Glenn, thank you so much for your, your incredible, you. you know, generosity and helping, helping your boy out. Um, the fans, guys, I've been good to you forever. I've been very blunt. I've been very honest with you guys, even at, even at expense of a job one day, you know what I mean, with, with, with either company because what you see is what you get from me. Um, you know, so in turn... I've never asked any of you for help for anything. Anybody ever has an autograph, I mail it to them almost immediately. Um, still to this day, even out of the business, you know. And anything you guys ever ask, I do. So I'm asking you, help your boy Matt out here. And uh, go to um, mattmorganforlongwood.com, F-O-R, not, not, not this, mattmorganforlongwood.com. It's so simple. All you have to do is literally click on one button. Uh, as far as how much you want to donate, and then that's it. It's so simple, um, and every bit helps because I, I we need to start putting out my mailers in the mail. That's super expensive to do, and you can't use your own money to do any of this. Every bit of money in my campaign is coming from, it has to come from legally, um, donations. You know, so it not and no one person can give more than one thousand mm. dollars. You know, so it's it's not that easy. I've been very blessed by a couple of wrestling friends of mine that have really step up to help me. Um, uh, Kevin Nash could, could not thank him enough. Kurt Angle, you know, didn't even have to ask them you know, hardly. You know what I mean? They were just so supportive and so proud of me um, for, for wanting to do this. And, uh, but with that, again, it's Matt Morgan for Longwood.com. Guys, please help me out. Um, I really want to win this race bad, and I really need to raise enough money to be able to take care of those mail-ins. Mail-ins are what you send out in the mail with what you're about, why you're running, and you want to do it right as you get closer to the absentee ballots being mailed out. So when they get the absentee ballots in the mail, they say, who are you voting for, Matt Morgan or his opponent? Um, they have my mailer right there at the same day, you know what I mean, to remind them about me again. It's kind of like that, if you will. So it's important that I raise the money to be able to afford those. Um, also, uh, obviously, guys, you guys have been hitting me up a little bit on this one. Your Nutritional Blueprint. Um, go to yournutritionalblueprint.com and look, it's finally open. The website It's officially launched. It's so simple to order. Customize your meals. DM me if you need help with it. But guys, don't BS me. Don't just try to you know, DM me to start a conversation with me. Start a conversation with me about wrestling. I'll talk to you about that. You know that. You don't have to go this way and talk about, hey, I want to do this and then waste my time if I try to give you a diet. And they're like, okay, I'll keep this in mind. And come back and say, no, no, jabroni. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> don't waste my time um if you really are serious about getting in shape it starts with your diet look at my pictures on instagram i'm 41 years old i've never been more shredded never more been more jacked never been more healthier never had my blood pressure be as as uh, low as it is um it's just it's the diet guys it's not lifting it ain't the cardio that's a part of it but a very very small part for me i've always tell people like it's been 75 to 80 percent of how i changed my body was my diet Six meals a day, three every three hours. Um, I'm eating ground turkey. I'm eating jasmine rice. 
or ground bison, jasmine rice. Um, it's not exciting, but it doesn't need to be. I don't look at eating as exciting. I look at eating as like I do working out. It's, it's, my, it's my job to get this done so I can look better. And if you treat it that way, you can change your body like that, and I can help you do it. So go check out yournutritionalblueprint.com. That's yournutritionalblueprint.com. Each meal, guys, is 7 bucks a pop. That's nothing. That's the cheapest in the industry. And we give you weighed out food, uh, whatever portions you ask for. If you need 2.5 grams of whatever, we measure it for you properly. Other companies awesome. don't do that. So, again, your nutri- yournutritionalblueprint.com and mattmorganforlongwood.com. You guys like me on the show? Help me out and show me by helping me out through the donations, please. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Uh, so thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. We'll be back here on Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern, to talk about SmackDown Live, the go-home show for Helena Cell, and of course, myself, Rosh, and Matt, Sunday night, right here, Wrestling Inc. Stay tuned. All the Helena Cell news, everything coming up, building up to the show, the pay-per-view on Sunday. We'll be here to recap it right after it ends. So until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. This is, this is Shooter's Tour. <laughs>